0: This week, my guest is Chris Lawson of Technician Find. Sit tight because you don't want to miss it. Welcome back to this edition of Ratchet and Wrench Radio Strategies and Inspiration for Auto Care Success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by Chris Lawson, founder of Technician Find. Uh, which is a service that helps independent automotive and diesel repair shops find good technicians. Uh, He does that through technician recruiting and online courses, uh, as well as coaching and ad development. Um, Just last year alone, uh, Technician Find was able to place 120 technicians into 70 shops, which is a remarkable thing. And Chris does that through um, a lot of things, but one of the main things he does it through is teaching shops how to write better job ads. Um, and what that entails, and Chris will detail it, but what it entails is learning to tell the story of the shop where the technician is the hero of the story, rather than the shop being the hero of the story and sharing all their perks. And you'll hear more about that in this interview, where Chris will also break down how shops can write really rock star um, job ads. So without further ado, here's Chris Lawson. Well, hey, Chris, welcome to Ratchet & Radio.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Chris.
0: Yeah, so you found your way into the auto care industry in 2017 you know, by presenting social media to a group of shop owners. Like, tell us that full story.
1: Sure. Uh, so it was actually, uh, it was an interesting story. We had a mutual, I had a client, and we had a, a mutual contact that was uh, working for that client. And uh, he asked my mutual my client, who was the business owner, if he knew anybody that could give a presentation on social media. So immediately he brought, I came to mind, and uh, he gave me a call and we started talking and he said, hey, I have 10 shop owners that uh, are all in the automotive field and we do a quarterly meeting and I'd love to have you come and speak about social media. So I said, no problem. So I came in, I spoke about social media and over the next six months, I ended up getting nine of those 10 shop owners as uh, clients and started working with them.
0: So how did you develop your business around that pain point that shop owners all have, which is finding techs?
1: Uh, You know, it's. One of the things I found out really quickly when I was starting to do social media for these shops was the number one thing that they really needed wasn't more social media. The number one thing that they really needed was to help finding technicians. So I went to work and since I didn't know a lot about the industry, I started doing a bunch of research. So I ended up interviewing all of that group's members. Uh, I, I said, hey, I'd like to talk to your top technicians. And I started doing interviews, little 15 minute interviews with all of the top technicians from all of the shops in the group. And I really got a feel for what really makes a good technician tick, what their fears are, what their hopes are, their dreams are, what they hate about shops, um, what they hate about ads, all those types of things. I took lots and lots of notes. And uh, from there, we really started expanding it out. And then we applied all of the skills that we had developed through my social media company, direct response, copywriting, um, social media marketing, online distribution, all of these things. We started applying towards getting technicians and filling our shop's pipelines with a a steady flow of qualified technician leads so that they could hire faster.
0: So how does Technician Find locate qualified technicians? Well, we uh, over
1: the years, so this is back in 2017, we started. And uh, over the years, what we found is that there really are 14 steps that really make the difference. So we have a 14-step process, and it fills the pipeline with qualified candidates. And the core of these 14 steps is what I call the triad. And the triad, if you think of it as a triangle, the apex of the triangle, the very top, it all starts with creative ads. If you don't grab a technician's attention right from the very beginning, you're already lost. There's just a sea of noise out there. We're all busy. We're all distracted. And you really have to have something powerful that technicians haven't seen before to grab their attention. So from there, you go down to one of the sides of the the triangle and you have social media marketing. Once you have a good, impactful, unique, creative ad that invites technicians into a story about themselves, then what you need to do is you need to get it in front of as many eyeballs as possible. You know, a big problem that we see a lot is you may even have a decent ad, but not enough technicians see it. And if not enough technicians see it, it's not going to work. So something magical happens when 20, 30, 40,000 people see these ads that have been well-crafted. Things start happening, and that's really um, a big part of the process. The other piece of the triad is direct outreach. So I think everybody understands that most technicians aren't on job boards every single day looking for jobs, and uh, you know it's a very small percentage. You know I've seen anywhere from five to ten percent of the active technician pool is currently out looking for jobs. So when you put an ad out on ZipRecruiter, you put an ad out in Indeed. That's who you're getting in front of over and over again. And if you're an independent shop, what you're doing is you're fighting against the dealers, the big national chains, and they're putting thousands of dollars a month into Indeed. So now you've got, you know, you're outgunned in terms of budget and you're chasing these same five to 10% of techs that are out there looking. What you have to do is get smart and creative about this and go directly out to the technicians that may not even be looking, but they may have, uh, you know, they may be open to an opportunity if you were able to get the right one in front of them. So that's how we do it.
0: Something you said that was really interesting was the story about themselves. And I think that's really important for a job as a story. So how is that a radical like paradise shift for, for a shop who typically would just put out kind of the blanket? Here's what we're looking for when a technician does X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And you talk about, no, we need to put on an ad that talks about the technician's story. Like, talk about the difference in those two approaches.
1: Sure. If you look at ads on, let's take for Indeed, for example. If you scroll down and you type in automotive technician and you scroll down for any city in the United States, it doesn't matter. You're going to see the same things over and over and over. They're going to have a list of qualifications and they're going to have um, what you're going to have to do on a daily basis. And they'll have some basic information about what the job entails and, and what the benefits are in the salary. But what you don't see is you don't see an ad where the technician is made the hero. So I really, um, you know, I got this from direct response copywriting. There are lots of sources out there that talk about this. Um, I'm a big fan of Donald Miller's work and uh, his story brand work. And what he talks about is he talks about inviting your customers into a story where they are the hero. So the difference between an ad that is talking about you and your shop and the awards you've uh, won and how long you've been in business, which is all about you, it's I, I, I. When you switch that and you flip the script on that and you start talking about the technicians and inviting them into a story where they're the hero, now it's all about them. So, you know, there's the old saying, uh, you know, everybody listens to one radio station, it's WIIFM, what's in it for me? That's what we want to talk about. So when you have an ad that's written for the technician, what ends up happening is it's all about the benefits. It is all about um, inviting them into that story where they can have a better future because they've made the decision to come over and to work with you.
0: That's a remarkable approach.
1: It is something that uh, it's very unique. Every week we have people call up and and say, you know what, I've never seen an ad like that before. It's really amazing. And we even have uh, some of our clients, what ends up happening, and, and I love it when this happens, is... I'll get a call from a shop owner and they'll say, you know what? Somebody on Facebook saw the ad and they said, you know what? That ad is so well-written. And we used to bring our cars into that that shop, but we just forgot for some reason or another. But it reminded me of the great job that they used to do for us. So we brought our our, our vehicles back in again because we saw that ad. So it makes my day when I hear a story like that.
0: Oh, that's phenomenal. And so are your ads purely social media driven or do you also do print campaigns for uh, clients as well?
1: We do, um, we do print to a certain extent. Um, it has to be a different format. So what we like to use is uh, we like to use postcards. Postcards work out very well. Um, you have to use them strategically, and it works out very well if you – we have a bunch of different strategies, and when you combine the different strategies, it works even better. So with postcards, the strategy that works out very well there is if you combine that with referrals. So if you have a referral fee and you can have a postcard, that works very well, we've seen.
0: For shop owners, what are some of the common mistakes or errors that they make when writing a job ad? Like we talked about the idea that they are making it about themselves, but are there other things that that they should be learning not to do in terms of making ads?
1: Yes. The main one is uh, it has to stand out. It has to be unique. As I had mentioned before, that's a big problem. Uh, another problem is, uh, not having different components of the ad. So every ad that we write has, um, it has five separate components and the first component is the headline. So you have to make sure that you grab the attention with the headline. If the headline, again, I'm going to go back and pick on indeed. If you go down the headlines on indeed, every single ad looks the same automotive technician, automotive technician, sometimes they get a little creative and they say automotive service technician. You have to grab attention with the headline. If you don't grab attention with the headline, nobody will see your ad. So the headline's the first piece. The next piece is the intro. The introduction is the first couple of sentences because there's a lot of skepticism when someone clicks on the ad. And I can tell you know from firsthand experience and talking with technicians and asking them what they are wary about when they read an ad, the first thing is, I'll quote one a diesel technician that I talked to one time, and he said, you know what, um, all shops say the same things, and you really don't know what you're getting into until you go to work for the shop, and then uh, and then you'll find out what you've really have gotten into. So once they click on that headline, you've made a promise in the headline. In that intro, which is the first couple of sentences, you have to fulfill on that promise. You have to show them that you're not like all the rest of the shops. You have to tell them that you're honest, you're genuine, and you have to do that very quickly and very concisely. That's what the intro does. Then the next part of the ad is the body. And the body is, okay, so you've got their attention with the headline. You've, you've um, kind of drew them into your story with the intro. Now in the body is where you really want to hammer the benefits. Um, We like to use things like uh, bullet points. We like to use bold. You don't want to overdo the bold, but um, we like to do things like that so that it draws them in, gives them an idea and paints a picture. What you're doing, you're selling the dream. You're selling the dream of a better opportunity and you never want to lie. (laughs) I always tell everybody you never lie. But what you do is you position every single benefit that you offer in your shop as something that is going to make the technician's life better. And if you can do that concisely in the body, then what you set yourself up for is the call to action at the end. So that's the end of the ad. What you want to do is you want to make it easy for them to respond you want to remove the friction as i as i say and one of the things that i see a lot in terms of mistakes that are written with an ad is they just kind of leave it you have this ad and it's like well you know if you want to apply then you know go ahead and do so but what we want to do is we want to direct people and we want to make it as easy as possible for them to apply so we want to give them a variety of ways that they can apply they can send us a text message they can email they can call they can drop the application off in the in the shop, just drop it off in person. However, it makes it easier to respond is what we wanna do. And then when you're circling back around to round this all out, once you have the ad finished, you want to go back through and you wanna make it scannable. So by scannable, uh, what I mean is, um, I alluded to this a little bit before, you wanna make it easy to read. You don't wanna have one big block of text. That's a problem that I've seen with lots and lots of ads is they cram everything together in one paragraph. It's very difficult to read. And you've got to remember, most people are reading these on their phone. So, you know, you can actually look inside of Indeed and you can see how many people access Indeed from their phone. And it's 80, sometimes 85% of the people that access ads inside of Indeed are accessing it from their phone. So you want to make it easy to read, easy to digest, and easy to contact you.
0: Wow, that's phenomenal information.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's something you don't really, uh, a lot of shops don't really think through it, but when you present it that way, you get a lot more applications.
0: Yeah. And I love that whole concept of ease of submission, you know, letting people submit in a way that's easy for them as opposed to what's easy for me as the the recipient. the shop.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That comes directly from um, direct response copywriting. And I have a background in direct response copywriting. And one of the things you always want to do is you want to make it easy to order. Think about late night Television commercials and, you know, Ginsu knives and, but wait, there's more, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, we don't want to be scammy salespeople, but what we do want is we want to make it easy to take action because here's the reality. If somebody's on their phone and they're looking at your ad and they're sitting at their, you know, their son or their daughter's soccer game or they're in line at the grocery store, there are a lot of different things that people are doing when they're multitasking and looking at this. And if you present obstacles or hurdles for them to jump over, what do we all do? We all say, ah, I'll get back to that later. Yeah, And later never comes. So let them do it now.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing I've noticed about job boards like Indeed is that there's a big difference when you have apply with my Indeed resume, which is the button push versus taking me to another site where I've got to fill out a complete resume. It's like, all right, I'm done. Uh, Absolutely. Not right now. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yep. You nailed it. That's exactly right.
0: Yep. Now you've got some impressive results. You know, last year your agency, you guys placed 120 techs in 70 independent auto, automotive, and diesel repair shops. Uh, so yes. Once, once you qualify these techs, uh, how do you pair them with the shop owners? Like, how do how do you put the two together?
1: What we do is um, we actually we operate a little bit differently. So we're not a typical recruiter. So we're not actually going out and talking with these technicians and going through the whole qualification process and then just sending them to, to our clients. What we do is we run all of these campaigns so that we can keep their the shop's pipeline full of good leads. So what we do is um, we are generating all of the applications. We have different ways that we filter through applications so that our clients get good qualified technicians, but it's up to the shop to go through, review the apps, set up the interviews, and uh, make the final hiring decisions.
0: Now, you also provide coaching for ad development, correct?
1: Yes, we sure do. As a matter of fact, one of the things that um, I learned early on was uh, our clients could get better results if we coach them a little bit on the specifics. and. Mm-hmm. So I set up an office hours. So twice a month, I go live, I answer questions and I do a short training. And then we drop off the training section of the um, uh, of the presentation. We drop that into YouTube. We also have a private Facebook page where we drop training in there as well. It's, it's kind of a collaborative effort. We can drive lots and lots of eyeballs and we can drive lots and lots of applications, but... If when the you know the shop owner or the manager or whomever gets on the call with the technician isn't able to sell the dream and to get them in for an interview, then that's where things like ghosting happens. You know, you say, "Oh, we had a great conversation, but they never call me back, or or they won't respond to my emails now." So that's why we do lots of training on the back end to make sure that they are, um, to make the, sure the whole process goes smoothly and they can bring those technicians on board right through the point where they move the toolbox into the shop.
0: And one thing you had mentioned again on your site was that good tech slip through the cracks every day when independent shops don't have an organized and efficient follow-up system in place. What does the system need to look like so that shops aren't losing qualified techs that they've been longing for?
1: And that's another really great question. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that you have a system in place. And the way that I describe the system is there's a continuum. On one end of the spectrum is absolutely no follow up, zero. Uh, the other end of the spectrum is just dynamite follow up. And what ends up happening is the people at the spectrum at the end of the spectrum where there's no follow up, they don't have any type of an organized system set in place. So organized systems, it sounds fancy, but it it doesn't. It have to be fancy. Some of the most successful shops that I've seen in uh, hiring and recruiting uh, and maintaining full staffs. They just use a a Manila envelope and they print out resumes and put it in there. So they have an envelope for service advisors, they have an envelope for technicians, they have an envelope for, you know, porters, uh, you know, whatever they need, they just have an envelope. So the way to think about it is you're building a deep bench so that when you need help, you can go and find them. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, You've got folks that are sophisticated. So they either have a a CRM, you know, a client relationship management program or an Excel spreadsheet, and they'll store all the information in there. Because uh, the other thing that happens is the timing can be off. So you can talk to a great tech and it's just, you know, the timing's off. You know, one of the things that happens a lot when we're working with uh, shops is since we get such a wide distribution of these ads, we'll get people in different states that uh, call up and, and they say, hey, you know, it, it looks really great, but we're not moving to your state and, you know, for six months or whatever. So you have to have a way to keep those people organized, to keep uh, in touch with them and to continue to follow up with them. And if you're going to do that by programming their number, uh, your their number into your phone, you can do that. If you're going to do it by having an Excel spreadsheet, you can do that. Or if you want to just print out the information and put it into a Manila envelope, you can do that. But you want to have a list of good, solid candidates that you've already spoken to so that when you have that need, you can go right to that list and start making phone calls.
0: Oh, that's really good. Because I think that something I'd spoken with another shop owner with maybe last month and he talked about the idea of just keeping a very deep bench where he's got guys, he just. He interviews them, keeps their resume. And then he just, once a month, once every six weeks, he'll follow up with them. He'll invite them to events that the shop is having, just to keep them peaked and engaged in the pipeline.
1: Perfect. That's exactly it. Exactly it. Yeah. And just give them a ping every now and again and let them know what's going on. And, you know, I've, I've heard of, you know, some of the more successful shops have done things like, uh, you know, it, in between when you make an offer and when they start, one of the things is you want to shorten that lag time as much as possible, but, you know, let's say it is a week, just sending them texts of interesting things like, Hey, we cleaned out your spot. Here's a picture of it. Can't wait to have you in, you know, Hey, we had this barbecue, you know, wanted to invite you to the barbecue, whatever you can do just to invite them into the family in advance that it helps.
0: Now for the shop owner who may say, well, look, I, I don't have this technical savvy. Is it something you can provide and just take off my hands? How do shop owners work with you?
1: Yeah. What we do is, um, yeah, we do have a social media component. One of the things that we uh, we do have is um, we have the ability to to help out shops on the training side. So if they have people that are going to be involved in this on a day-to-day basis, they can absolutely hop on calls with us and we can do some training. We don't like to be too, too hands-on when it comes to things like uh, responding to social media inquiries, because the reality about this is um, a lot of very specific questions will be asked. So for example, when we're running ads on Facebook, we get technicians that will ask questions about the shop. They'll say things like, do you have heated floors? You know, do you have AC?" Um, they'll ask specific questions about workflows or diagnostic tools or things like that. And these are things that really are opportunities. It's, it's someone raising their hand and saying, Hey, I'm interested and we don't want to get in the way of that because that's an opportunity to, to expand the conversation, to have them in for a, a phone interview. And we encourage the shops to be engaging with people directly. So that having been said, that's not something we like to do because um you know, it, it it just puts another barrier in between. It creates more friction in between the tech and the shop. But that being said, we do lots of campaigns to help shops uh, do ongoing passive hiring campaigns. And just real briefly, a passive hiring campaign is, let's say that you're fully staffed up, but you know that what you want to do is you want to create that deep bench that you you know alluded to from your other interview so you're always going to be collecting applications even if you don't have a place and that's something that you can do with just periodic social media posts showing the culture you know showing your family orientation showing your team orientation showing interesting things that you're doing you know uh, fixing up the shop for holidays um, things that you're doing for customers all that kind of stuff and then just promoting that out to the industry and what ends up happening is You are promoting the image of being a great place to work, and that helps you with a passive resume search because now people are seeing it, but you're not actively saying, "Hey, come in and apply."
0: Ooh, that's really sharp.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot less expensive too. So, you know, when you really need to turn up the heat and you need to find somebody, you know, you get, you know, somebody says, "Hey, you know, Friday afternoon," they say, "Hey, I'm not coming back on Monday." Um, You know, you know, you really need to turn up the heat. So that's not a situation where you do that. But if you're already staffed up. Just dropping um, messages in on a regular basis can really um, prime the pump, so to speak, for when you are looking for someone.
0: All right. And so, Chris, how can shop owners find your business?
1: They can find me at our website. It's technicianfind.com. Also, as I mentioned, I'm on YouTube. So at Technician Find, it's Chris Lawson at Technician find. And then we've got uh, my LinkedIn page. So that's Christopher T. Lawson. We drop a lot of great information and content on LinkedIn. And then if you are a shop owner uh, of an independent shop, you can come on in and you can, you can be part of our private Facebook group. So all of our trainings are dropped into the private Facebook group, and there's an ongoing conversation about how to hire technicians and other uh, members of your shop in the quickest, most effective way and what's working right now.
0: Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing how your service helps shop owners fill that vital spot of getting techs in the shop and how you help them develop a social presence that attracts people into the shop it's
1: been my pleasure thank you so much for the opportunity
0: and that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram Facebook and Twitter as well as subscribe to our email newsletter which goes out daily Uh, and you can find that at RatchetAndWrench.com that's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D W-R-E-N-C-H.com and may the rest of your day be the best of your day and we'll see you next week